The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Nikki Gonzalez, who is the Chief Talent Officer at Vantage Holdings. Nikki joins me on the line from Connecticut this morning, and it's a pleasure to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Nick. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Nikki. It's really great to have you here. I know we interviewed one of your colleagues in our last series with your colleague, Justin, and really interesting discussion. And it's going to be great today to talk to you and learn more about Vantage and the, the culture that you're building there. Before we get into that, though, would you mind starting us off? We are in the insurance coffee house this morning. What is your go-to coffee of choice today? Well, I hate to disappoint, but I'm not a coffee drinker, so I actually start usually with a little green tea or something along those lines. I've listened to the podcast. Lots of connoisseurs of different coffee flavors for sure have joined, so I'm a little bit more boring on that side. You not like a nice cleanse in the morning rather than a <laughs> big double shot of coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just start a little slower, I think. Fair enough. Nikki, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about your background, your personal career? What sort of led you to be in the position that you are now as the chief talent officer there at Vantage Holdings? Sure, I'm happy to. I guess I'll start with a plug for internships because I never really knew much about HR or even that that was a field really when I was getting my business degree. I needed to do an internship for as part of my program. And so I joined a, a manufacturing company who was putting in their first HRIS system and basically just wanted someone to do a whole bunch of data entry from all these paper files. They didn't have a place for me to sit. So the HR manager at the plant just put a table in the back of his office and let me sit there and do my work. And he was fantastic about really helping me understand the field of HR and talent and how to think about that. And rarely did I have to leave the office. So people would come in and I'd just kind of overhear the conversations. The plant manager was in and out of there a hundred times a day. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting in terms of what this looks like. And so that was really my first interest in, in HR. And so then I had already planned to go on and get my graduate degree. So I did that. And when I was looking for a job after my MBA, there was a training program with Cooper Industries, which was a rotational program in HR. And I thought, perfect. This is a great way for me to understand if this is really what I want to do uh, with my career. And it turned out it's exactly what I wanted to do with my career and have done it ever since. But it gave me a great foundation in, in the manufacturing environment of HR generalist work. I actually was a production supervisor on the shop floor for six months as part of that assignment. Uh, spent time at the corporate office leading college recruiting and then spent time in a union environment doing labor relations. And so again, really strong foundation in lots of different areas across the function uh, from that standpoint. I was then recruited by GE and spent my 10 years there. And, and that's where I really consider myself to have grown up in my career yeah. with those 10 years um, and learned a ton about talent management and how to think about 
talent as a real business imperative. And I think that's where I also honed what I believe to be an important part of my philosophy, which is we're business people first who have expertise in talent or HR. And I think you really have to understand the language of the business, how the business makes money, what the how that's what success looks like to really be able to contribute and add value in the way that we do on a daily basis. And so I, I loved my time there and spent time in G Capital, so financial services and NBC Universal. And so that was a whole other world <laughs> into it itself. Some great experiences someday and, and someday may write a book about some of that fun stuff. Yeah. So it's again just some great grounding and learning and in, in kind of how to think about talent, how to be a good partner and I did jobs both on the HR business partnering side and then on the specialist side in talent uh, and really enjoyed going back and forth in terms of getting that different perspective in my time there. Fantastic. So Nikki, what what brought you then from that great world at GE and all those <laughs> exciting opportunities into the world of insurance? <laughs> it was definitely not a, a natural transition from a career path glide, but I actually had a, a mentor who I had worked with at GE who had gone to the Hartford and she called and said, I'd like to build a talent management function at the Hartford and really help think about how to position the organization to move forward. And I thought, well, I'm never going to learn. I'm never going to get an opportunity to recreate talent or think about it at GE, right? It was very well understood and established and a premier at that time in terms of how they really thought about that. So it was a new opportunity for me to do something a little bit different and a little bit more strategic in terms of thinking about it more from an end-to-end perspective. And so I spent five years at the Hartford and really building out that life cycle of everything from workforce planning, talent acquisition, talent management, performance management, succession planning, all the way through to building early career programs. And it really was a, a nice opportunity to think about how do you really build things for scale and programmatically instead of I had really focused more in the past around how did I support my lines of business or my client groups? So it gave me a much broader view across the organization in terms of how to think about talent and and those different components and how to influence my peer group. So yeah. business partners were now my peers and trying to help them think about their talent needs and how did you balance that push-pull of how much am I pushing on them versus how much are they pulling from, from me and my team to help them in their day-to-day delivery. So it was really a good experience, I think, in terms of of a getting that broader view across. And then I was thinking about my career longer term and thought, well, do I really want to be a CHRO? What does that look like? And I thought, well, I'd maybe like to do that in a small to mid-sized company, maybe not a big. And then I realized I'd never worked in a small to mid-sized company before. I'd only worked in large organizations. And so I thought, well, I, I probably should do that and see what it's like, how different it is. And so there was an opportunity at Excel Group, and they were a little different on the insurance side. So the Hartford was personal lines and had some small commercial. The Excel Group was much more commercial insurance, much larger. Um, from that perspective. And so it was was interesting in a different way from a business standpoint. So I joined there as the HR business partner for the insurance business. Um, And not long after I joined, we merged with Catlin and became Excel Catlin. So I had an opportunity to leverage my acquisition experience from GE and and did a lot of work on the the acquisition side of bringing those two cultures together and, and bringing those businesses together and really enjoyed that. I also had a large international team. So again, got the Hartford was much more US specific, um, GE and Excel were much more global in nature. And so again, I liked the opportunity to get back to that that global international work as well. And then AXA came in and, and purchased Excel Catlin and we became AXA XL. And I spent uh, two years as the CHRO of that uh, group and spent a lot of time obviously working through that acquisition and, and that integration, a lot of structural work, a lot of culture work, and and really trying to make sure that we were 
making the most value as we could in, in terms of that deal. And then after two years, it was really time for me to to move on from that. And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll take some time. I'll sit on the beach. I'll just relax for a bit. It was about a month and a half, maybe, uh, that I got to do that. And then I got a call from Greg Hendrick, who was our CEO at Vantage and had been our CEO at XXL. And he said, hey, I'm thinking about doing something else, building a new company. Would you come help me do that? And I think I was maybe the third or fourth person that he had called at that point. And I thought, I'd never done a startup before. I know Greg. I know how he thinks about talent. I know the partnership we've had in the past. And so if I was going to take a risk, it seemed like an educated one and a good one to start. And so I thought, why not? Let's give it a shot. So that's how I got here. Mickey, thank you for that. Moving on then to your role there at Vantage. Could you maybe share a little bit more around the scope of the role and you know what the structure is there across the group of businesses there? So I, I'm responsible for anything talent or people related as we as we think about that. So full kind of suite of things across that and really building the organization from the two or three people we started with to now we are 270 individuals and, and working toward well over 300 by the time we get to the end of the year. So we focus on specialty insurance and reinsurance, and we have some third-party capital management work that we're also doing as well. So it's it's really a great platform for us to think about how do we bring together great talent technology, data and analytics, and then relentless curiosity. Those are kind of the three pillars of things that we we drive at Vantage in terms of really thinking about how can we see risk differently? So as we think about where the market is and how do we really take advantage of the market opportunities and, and maybe go in where others may be coming out because we feel like we have a, a better sense of being able to assess that risk and, and make an informed decision as we move forward. So it's been a really exciting journey so far. Yeah, fantastic. And gone from being one of the first sort of five employees to now headcount of 270 and growing. What would you say has been the secret of that success? What have been the foundations there that have led to that, you know, very fast growth? I think we've been really thoughtful around what's the right talent that makes sense for what we're trying to do. And I think there's lots of people who are super talented and have great expertise, but a startup may not be the right fit for them. And so we try really hard to make sure we give a realistic job preview of here's what it looks like. I mean, I for the first six months, the CFO and I were dual authenticating accounts payable, right? So so you really have to be thoughtful about oh, wow. there's lots of things that you get involved in, which is great and exciting to some and to some maybe yeah. not so much. So I think we've, we've looked for people who really have kind of fire in the belly, as we call it, in terms of they want to build something, they want to get their hands dirty, they're not afraid to kind of go up and down that that ladder in terms of being really strategic and thoughtful around what's the vision for the business. And then the next day, okay, well, I may actually have to write an account or, or do something that they hadn't done in years because they've always had large teams of people who've helped them do that. And so for some, that's, again, really exciting. They're on the ground floor. We don't have legacy reserves. We've got capitalized by our private equity backers. You don't have legacy technology. Technology and, and things that you're piecing together. So that's all exciting. The flip side of that is you then don't have any technology. <laughs> and so you have to build that. And so I think people have been really on the ground floor of how would they like that to look right from where they've been in the past? And how do you make that happen? So that's really, I think, been the biggest attraction in the beginning was, wow, it's kind of interesting. I think we've hired people who've had strong reputations and have been what I call talent magnets. And so you've got great people want to work with great people. And so we've been able to leverage those networks and, and start those conversations. And then I think for the most part, um, people have been very clear around, this is what makes sense for me, or, or maybe it doesn't. And it doesn't have to appeal to everybody, that's right, but it's got to appeal to the right people. 
And Nikki, it's been fantastic growth. Could you give me a snapshot of where the business is today? Maybe some of the lines of business that you're writing, some of those locations that you're based in, some of those markets that you currently serve. So we have uh, our insurance business is, is based in Bermuda. So we have about 21 colleagues who drive that business in Bermuda. And so they're largely focused on specialty reinsurance. And so they're underwriting those portfolios. Um, for the most part, we've got a little bit in financial management, a little bit in what we call emerging lines. And so there's a couple of different crop and different uh, pieces in that. We had some property cat that we had written originally and have kind of moved that a little bit off the balance sheet. And we've been doing more of that on our third party capital platform, which we call Advantage. That's been a great way for us to pivot to leverage the great talent we have in that space, but perhaps uh, protect some of the downside on our balance sheet. Given we're such a young company, it's difficult for us to take too big a hit and some of that stuff just because we're, we're still growing and, and building at such a rate. On the insurance side, we've been building rapidly in that space as well. And again, targeted more in those specialty lines. So you've got lines like political risk and credit, uh, construction, short-term SDI, which is subcontractor default insurance that goes in that group as well. You've got a financial line, so a, a D&O, E&O kind of marketplace uh, around those spaces. We've got healthcare, uh, ES, NS casualty. So those are some of the lines that really uh, we continue to grow and build out. And then we're always looking for others, right? Whether that's transaction liability or um, other things in the property space that kind of make sense for us. So that's rapidly building out in terms of what are the segments that make sense for us. Fantastic. And I know that one of the keys to your success and something that you're quite passionate about is remote working and managing a remote workforce. I know it's an opportunity for a lot of companies. It's also a real challenge. And for some HR executives out there, it can be quite a headache at this point in time. If I can start off by saying, how does Vantage work in terms of a remote workforce? Where is the company now? Perhaps we can talk about some of those initiatives and how it's working. Sure. So we started in, in October of 2020. So we had just come off the the lockdown and still in the throes of the pandemic. So there was no physical space at that time. So we started in reinsurance in Bermuda. And so we did have a small office space there and continue to have an office space there for the colleagues that, that work out of that office. But across the U.S., the thought was, we really have an opportunity here to use it as a talent strategy to say we can hire from anywhere in the U.S. It doesn't; they don't have to all sit in Connecticut or Chicago or New York as we think about that. And so we really went wide open in terms of thinking about where did we want to hire our talent and, and finding the best folks that were going to be a good fit for us from a skill set and culture perspective. And so now, as I mentioned, there's 270 colleagues across 32 states and Bermuda. And so. If, doing the math, there's not a large concentration of of many people in any one location. We do have more folks who I call kind of the hubs. So you kind of have some a hub in Chicago where you might have 30 plus people. You've got, got about 20 some people in, in New York. And so we've started building some of that co-location space. So we've got a small office here in Connecticut, which is where I am today. And again, you've got anywhere from two to maybe eight people who are in this office on a regular basis. And then we've got an office now in Chicago where people kind of come in and out as well. And we've created shared space through Industrious and other kind of we work. So in New York, there's a dedicated space. In West Hartford, there's a dedicated space. There's a space in Virginia. So we're starting to put these pockets where people can come together on a regular basis to collaborate, work together. Um, but we've not done any kind of mandate around you have to be in the office this many days. And so there's a benefit to that from a talent strategy perspective. And in the beginning, we had lots of folks who had said, look, I don't want to go back to an office. So that's perfect for me. 
we've seen some ebb and flow in that in term and some of it is generational in terms of other folks who've said, well, I'd kind of like to have some office to go to at some point. And so we've talked about, well, we've got these collaboration spaces where you can get together with individuals, you can work on projects together. And I think as you're building uh, your early career pipeline, it is important to have opportunities for people to work together. There's a lot of mentorship and informal kind of connections that get made. You're learning the business in a different way as you're able to sit with people and, and talk through things or just observe how things go on in, in meetings or in a different office. So we've been really mindful about how do we create that space. And so our co-op program, we had a space for them in Boston where they all came together three or four days a week. And that created a great sense of community. I think they had a great learning experience as part of that. So we've been trying to be really thoughtful about where do you need to drive that collaboration and bring people together versus any kind of mandate that says, okay, pandemic's over. Now everyone has to come back to the office and we're going to build this huge tower somewhere uh, where everyone needs to work together. So I, I think we've been thoughtful about it. We do spend a lot of time thinking about, do we have a strong enough connection to Vantage, which is not, sometimes it's, here's the building, that's the company, and that becomes kind of a, a trademark for who you are. We don't have that per se. And so it becomes much more ethereal around what is Vantage and how do you think about that? So we spent more time thinking about what's the culture we want to create. So we started with our five values. These are the things that are important to who we are, how we want to behave with each other. And then thought a lot about how do you build that sense of connection and replace that, you know, water cooler chat or bumping into people in the hallway. And so we've created a couple of things that have kind of really become traditions here at Vantage. So every week we have a all hands video call and there's a number of different kind of agenda items that are recurring. So we start with introducing our new hires. So again, we usually have three to five folks who are joining us on a weekly basis, given our pace. So it's great for everyone in the company to get to meet anyone who's new and what their job is. And then they have to share a fun fact with us. <laughs> there have been some very interesting things <laughs> that we have learned about people in those <laughs> in those fun facts. But it's been a great icebreaker for some, right? Yeah. Oh, I hike too. Or, oh, yes, I'm yeah. a twin or, you know, whatever that looks like. And then you hear from the CEO. So Greg does something every week. It usually starts with, here's the three things that are on his mind. And again, yeah. people will say, when do you ever hear from the CEO on a regular basis? And again, and it's a very informal Usually there's no PowerPoint pitch. It's just, here's what's on my mind, or here's what I heard in the market, or here's what I talked to the other day. And so it's created this intimate kind of sense of belonging and almost behind the curtain access that people typically don't have. And then we do a number of different things. Uh, we do a wellness minute, we do a compliant market minute. So people are trying to get an understanding of what's happening in the business, regardless of where they sit. The next thing we do is called Vantage Connect. So every Friday... At 11 a.m. Eastern, we block off 15 minutes on everyone's calendar and we match people up across the organization and they just get on and say, hi, I'm Nikki and here's my job and here's what I do. And they talk about everything from their family to a little bit about the job to other interests. And it's been fascinating to see how that basic connection of 15 minutes has really spread throughout the organization in terms of building connections and both work connections around, hey, I now know who to call if I have a question about X or personal connections in terms of, you know, our kids are both going to college and let's talk about what that feels like and, and how we navigate through that. So that's been a great opportunity for us to really bring people together in a way that, again, it's not rocket science. It's not anything super creative. It's basic things. But if you're committed to them and people see value in them, they look for those. So now if we don't have a Vantage Connect because it's a Friday holiday. People are like, oh, could we have two this week? No, one's <laughs> probably good. Let's just, you know, keep moving on. So I think those have been really important. And then again, along the access line to senior leaders, we do leadership roundtables. So we pair up the leadership team. So we 
rotate. So I was paired with Chris McEwen, who is our head of reinsurance, ILS and innovation the other day. And we have 12 to 15 folks who 45 minutes, it's open discussion, whatever they want to talk about. And it's a great way for them in that small setting. Like when we started the all hands calls, it was 30 people, right? So it's easy to ask a question, understand. Now you've got 270 people. You've got to scroll through the screen to see everyone, right? It's not as conducive. It's not as informal and intimate a setting, right? To ask your question. So we've tried to break that down yet again to say, okay, now it's 12 people. You get to, again, introduce yourself, meet those 12 people. And then you've got access to two leadership team members to ask whatever you want. And, and that's been a great way for us to hear from them what's going on in the organization and for them to hear from us directly, whether that's strategically or tactically or execution focused. So those things have worked really well, I think, in terms of trying to build connection. Those initiatives sound brilliant. Clearly, it's a real advantage to be able to have a truly remote workforce like you've built there especially, you know, across the United States, that just gives you much larger access to talent. And it means people that you hire, you hire them on the merits of their experience, their role, and the opportunity available to them. There will be some HR leaders listening to this and think that that's the type of environment they want to create. And, that, and that's the true sort of remote workforce that they want to create. Had there been any challenges along the way? Had there been any folks where you've really liked them, you've really wanted to hire them, but they really wanted to be in an office environment every day. Have you had any pushbacks from more junior members of staff who, again, feel that they want to be sat next to someone a bit like yourself in your original internship that you had there? So have you had any challenges, any struggles with it, any thoughts of actually, are we doing the right thing here? How's that been? Yeah, I think we think about it all the time in terms of, do we have the right balance? And that's really how I think about it. It is a, a balance. We've certainly had folks as we've had conversations who've said, I'd like an opportunity to be in an office. I've not had anyone say, I'd like to be in an office five days a week, and you can't offer that to me, right? And so I don't believe we've lost any talent as a result of that, but we've talked about what we do have, right, in these collaboration spaces, and and here's what it looks like. Folks that we've hired one-offs like in Hawaii or Arizona or Montana or places like that, they typically are going to work from home anyway, because there's not a large, uh, you know, commercial insurance office near them anyway. So there, there's some of that that I think people overestimate sometimes what that looks like when in fact, some of these places, you wouldn't have a choice anyway to go to an office. But I think again, through these collaboration spaces, through bringing people in. So we've also said, look, our software development team may meet in Chicago to run through the launch of a new product. So they'll bring people in to, to do it that way. As you think about that, and as I mentioned, our co-op program, we were really thoughtful around, we do need a space for them to come together and collaborate to get the most out of that. So I think we've tried to accommodate those things where it kind of made sense for us and be thoughtful about it. But it's also part of our realistic job preview, right? To say, look, this is this is kind of where we're at. We continue to build space for people. We continue to, to drive kind of this hub focus. And so we've talked a little bit about now when we do an intake call around a new job that we want to fill, we do talk about, okay, so we've got six software engineers in Chicago today. You've got three in New York. You've got you know, two in Virginia, do we want to post a preferred location where you'll start to hub some of that expertise? So those are some of the conversations we're starting to have to think about what does that look like? And do you want to build more of that space where you're being a little bit more selective around the location? But again, it's, it's very thoughtful and it's driven by the business outcomes versus anything that's more arbitrary. Fantastic. And I think a lot of HR leaders, a lot of executives would be quite reassured to hear that because I think sometimes we do certainly hear about the positives of remote work and we also then hear 
on the other side about how people are trying to drive people back to the office and in the end a lot of companies sort of end up one foot in one camp one foot in the other and it doesn't quite work either way that commitment albeit with a very conscientious approach on how you do it i think that's excellent and really really inspiring Nikki brings us nicely on to the espresso round now where the questions are short sharp and straight to the point i know you're not normally a coffee drinker you've got your <laughs> green tea but are you ready for the espresso round now i'm ready the espresso round Nikki, what would be the one piece of advice you have for senior executives who are coming in to interview their advantage i think it's relevant for thinking about Vantage, but I think it's relevant as you're thinking about making any change. I think it's really important to know what you need to be successful in a role, what you're good at, what support systems you need, where you might need some additional help across the team, things that you might not be as strong on, and kind of what's important to you in terms of the culture and the environment that you want to be in. Because I think you've spent a career building expertise and hopefully being successful in what you do and demonstrating your skill set. I think it gets to a point where it becomes really important that you've got the right fit, the right support model. And I think you need to understand and spend some time thinking about that. Where do I want to be? What's important to me? And really have that sense as you're assessing new opportunities, whether that's Vantage or anything else. Yeah, obviously very much a two-way street and it's good to have that clarity ahead of going out to interview. You know, we would say the same thing for clients or for, for companies before they hire someone to identify exactly the, you know, the type of person they're looking for, the skills and experience that, that are relevant. So I think that's great advice actually for the executives themselves to really think about that. So they have clarity when they do go into those interviews. Switching things around to the, the HR talent side of things, what would be your one recommendation for hiring exceptional talent? I mean, you've grown the business so quickly there over the last three years or so. What would you say is that one recommendation for bringing in talent and bringing in talent very quickly as well? Yeah, I think everyone at Vantage is a recruiter. It's kind of how we talk about that. And so I think we have to be thoughtful about that. So every leader who's here has to be thinking about not only how are they growing their business, but how are they building their team? And we certainly provide a lot of support and, and assistance in doing that. But thinking through their network, what's important to them, what's the skill set on the team, how do we complement who we have and who we still need, and what does that look like? So I think it becomes everybody's responsibility. And that, I think, has been a big a contributor to our success. Is there any technology, any tools that are working particularly well for you? Anything that's really helped manage the workflow, manage the candidate experience? We've used LinkedIn and, and actually used the search kind of some of the talent mapping space yeah. for that. And that's been kind of interesting in terms of some proactive reach out where we can drill in for some specific skill sets that we've been looking for to say, you know, would you like to ha come have a chat about Vantage? We've seen your skill set. So that's how we've kind of tried to broaden some of our network. So that's really been the most significant tool that we've used. Yeah, LinkedIn, very, very powerful tool. Final question, the espresso round, and I appreciate over the years, you know, throughout your insurance career, but also your time at GE as well, you would have sat in a very large number of interviews. Is there one memorable occasion, any answer or any event in an interview that really sticks out to you as something really, really memorable across that time? Yeah, I think one of my most memorable actually was when I was in the in the manufacturing facility in the plant. So I was 23 years old. It was my first real job. And they didn't have a space for me, which is a theme, I guess, with my career, but they didn't have a space. So <laughs> they put me in the, they used to have a nurse's office there. They had a nurse on site. Yeah. And so they, I was a nurse's office. So it had like the weight scale thing, the blood pressure cuff and a table that people used to, I guess, sit on. 
And then I had a little desk in the chair. So I was interviewing someone. We had our conversation. And then I said, well, let's give you a tour of the plant. So we walked around and I took them back to my office and said, I'll be right back. I'm just going to grab some forms for you. I came back and the gentleman was sitting on the table with his shirt off. Oh. And I walked in like, what's happening? <laughs> He's like, it's great that you guys do the physical and the interview right here at the same time. I said, no, 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 please put your shirt back on. That's not what this is. I'll wait in the hallway. <laughs> that kind of thing. And uh, he was embarrassed, as was I. He must have thought the interview had gone well. He was getting the tour of the facility. And he thought, right, let's get the medical done as well. Signed, sealed, and delivered. <laughs> yes, that's a role I've not wanted to play. So no, no, I'm not, no. I'll do lots of different things, but not, not going right. to do that. We're almost at the end of our time today. It's been a really great conversation. Time's gone very quickly, as it always seems to. Before we leave, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And if there's anybody out there now who is an insurance professional who may have heard about Vantage, maybe like to learn a little bit more about what you're doing, what the opportunities are there, what would be your recommendation to them? VantageRisk.com has an opportunity for all of our open roles. It also gives you our contact information, but happy to uh, have reach outs from individuals either through LinkedIn or my email, which is Nikki.Gonzalez at VantageRisk.com. So happy to chat with people about Vantage and even if it's just an exploratory conversation to learn more about the business as we think about it. I think my my biggest piece of advice is people always want to continue to to learn and be challenged in their career. And I think taking a risk sometimes can be scary, but it also can be a great opportunity to really push yourself outside of your comfort zone. And particularly if you have a track record of success and things that you've done well and you can build on, I think there's a little bit of really be thoughtful around what's important to you. And and is it time for you to maybe try something a little different? I think you'd be amazed at how much you can continue to learn in your career, regardless of how experienced you are. Fantastic. That's such a great piece of advice. Is that something that you've really taken on, obviously, in this role, being at larger corporate companies previously throughout your career, you know, building that experience and that expertise? I mean, it's worked out fantastic. Did you find that was exactly the right time for you? Or would you have considered doing that earlier in your career if you had the chance? No, I think it was exactly the right time for me. I mean, I felt like I had an accomplished career. And if this didn't work out, I probably could dust myself off and still do something else. And so that's kind of the attitude I went in with. And again, I was excited about it because of the people that were involved and where I thought I could really make a contribution and end value. And so that really was the driver for me. The risk side of it was something I was aware of, but I thought, you know, I can recover from this if in fact it doesn't work out. Great point to finish on. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really, really interesting to find out more about Vantage. You've had a really fantastic, interesting career as well yourself. And really, really good to hear about the remote workforce, the remote company that you've been building there. Nikki, it'd be great to catch up again, I'm sure, and maybe in 12 months time, maybe 24 months, see where the business is at that stage, how things are going for you. Yeah, we'd love to welcome you back. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Nick. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.